Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I am so excited to have you again on another episode on today. And I'm truly excited today and honored to have a dear pastor, Pastor William Attaway, with us today. And he's going to begin to talk to us today about his catalytic leadership and intentionally growing and thriving. And so with that being said, welcome, Pastor Attaway. How are you today? Tiffany, I'm great. It's just such an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks for inviting me today. Well, thank you so much for, you know, even accepting. I'm going to read a little bit about you to the listeners, and then I'll let you tell them a little bit more about yourself. So Pastor William is a leadership coach for Catalytic Leadership, and he is a company that has founded Help Leaders uh, to intentionally grow and thrive. He has served in his local church ministry for nearly 25 years, and he is currently the lead pastor of Southview Community Church, a church in Herndon, Virginia, uh, which is near Washington, D.C. He has served there since 2004, and he also holds a PhD in the Old Testament with an emphasis in biblical backgrounds in archaeology, and he loves to read and speak about leadership, organizational change, archaeology, and building up people and teams. Uh, his newest book is Catalytic Leadership, that was in January 2022. Originally from Birmingham, Alabama, William now lives in Northern Virginia with his beautiful wife, Charlotte, and their two daughters. So William, thank you again for being a part of the podcast. I am so graced to have you today. And so just give the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Uh, My wife and I have been married for almost 25 years. Uh, Later this year, we'll celebrate that. Uh, So that's exciting. Uh, My older daughter. Thank you. My older daughter is getting ready to head to college this fall. She's graduating high school in May. And uh, my younger daughter's finishing her freshman year. So two teenage girls in the house. And, uh, (laughs) you know, the taxi service is running night and day, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) We are we are busy, busy, busy. But uh, but it's such a joy. It really is. Well, that's awesome. I know that's a great responsibility, but I know you are proud of your daughters as well. I am, I am that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, today we're talking about leadership and uh, and specifically intentional leadership. And um, I understand that uh, you had to deal with your daughter's uh, cancer. And so I want to start off by asking, how did your older daughter's cancer diagnosis impact your family, your faith? and your leadership. You know, that was about three years ago, three years ago this month, actually. Okay. Uh, we got her uh, official diagnosis. We, she had been having headaches and, and you know, some vomiting and, and we, we couldn't figure it out. We went to the doctor, went back to the doctor and ran test after test. Ultimately, they discovered that she had a brain tumor on the back right side of her brain. 
very yeah. unexpected. There was no history of that. There was no you know indicator of, of, of anything like this. So when when we got that, they you know two days later they do surgery. It's removed. Two days later she's home, if you can believe it. Um, and mm. then comes the waiting, you know, and, and you're waiting for them to biopsy and determine what it is. Uh, of course, we were hoping that it was nothing, you know, that it was, that it was benign. But right. uh, three weeks later, we, we show up in the oncologist office and hear that it's not benign, that it's, it's actually a, a type of cancer they're having trouble figuring out. Ultimately, they discovered it's a, a very rare form of cancer. Only about 50 teenagers a year in the world are diagnosed with it. And so we started a journey, uh, you know, with treatment and radiation and doctors and doctors and doctors over the next six months. But ultimately, I can tell you that the, the, the story so far, three years in, uh, we have scans regularly and the cancer has not recurred. And we just, just so grateful to God for yeah, that. Just so yeah. grateful. Uh, but, you know, during that season, during that six month period, I got to tell you, it, it that was a very different season than any I've ever experienced in leadership. During that time, I wasn't worried about hitting the next objectives at the church. I wasn't mm -hmm. worried about making our goals. I wasn't worried about hitting the next mountain, right? Taking that next that next hill. I was focused on my family. Mm -hmm. and, and I mm -hmm. think there's a principle there, and I talk with leaders about this regularly, that one day somebody else is going to sit where you sit. You know, one day yeah. somebody else is going to hold the title that you have, the job that you're in. But at the end of your life, who's going to be with you? Who's going to be near you? And it's those closest to you, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it really brought into focus that principle that I talk about in the book of being family focused as a leader. I've had, as virtue of being a, a local church pastor for the last 25 years, I've had the opportunity to spend uh, time with people at the end of their lives. And at the end of their lives, I, I got to tell you, I've never once heard anyone say, if only I could have spent more time at the office. If only I could have worked harder and done more at work. But I've heard a whole lot of people express regrets around relationships, the relationships of those that were closest to them, conversations that were not had, apologies that were not made, relationships that were not mended. And it, it really drove home again this idea that the relationships with those closest to us matter so much. And as a leader, this idea that, well, what happens at home doesn't matter, doesn't really affect what happens at work and vice versa. Well, that's a nice thing to say. It's a cute idea, but it's a complete myth. The fact is every part of our lives affects every other part of our lives. And we have to understand that. We have to acknowledge it. And we have mm. to lead out of that understanding. Yes, yes. And, and you know, and that's a great point because I, while you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, I've traveled overseas and um, at different ministries and doing different missionary work and different things. And, you know, in different cultures, it represents different things. And uh, especially with pastors and leaders in certain areas where it's, okay, God first, then the church and then the family. Mm. Um, and so it's like the family is last and the family, um, you know, is getting the blunt. You know, they're not getting that time um, that should be needed from the pastor or from the leader because it's God, then the church, then it's ministry work, and then the family is last. And I, my bit, my archbishop says, no, he says this, the way it should be, God first, family second, and yes. then the church, then yes. on and so forth. So what are, you, yes. what are your views on that, Pastor Wayne? You know, that's exactly what I think. I talk about how if you're a follower of Jesus, your relationship with your heavenly father comes first. Nothing is before that. Mm -hmm. If you're married, your spouse comes second. 
Mm -hmm. You have kids, your kids are next. Mm -hmm. And then comes everything else. And yes. the problem is when we start playing Jenga with that, when we start moving things around, right? And think, well, mm -hmm. you know, my, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing I've heard. Well, my kids are the most important thing in my life. Okay, mm -hmm. well, yeah. The problem with that is that's not what scripture teaches us. Right. right? right that's taking right. Jenga, placing number three, putting it up at number one. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, that's not going to help you. Right. In fact, it's going to model for your kids something that is unhealthy and unbiblical. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is your relationship with God is first. Your spouse mm -hmm. is second. If you're married, mm -hmm. your kids are third if you have kids. And then is everything else. Don't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. That is not something God has asked of you, and that is not something that honors God. That's awesome. And, you know, have you come into um, uh, any experiences where you've had where that has happened and how it's affected uh, individuals' leadership as far as them getting that out of order? Sure. I've watched a number of people throughout my career. I've watched people who I had looked up to in some cases, some mm -hmm. people that I had learned from, some people that I worked alongside who forgot that and began to move things around and began to put the church above everything else, put their ministry above everything else. And their relationship with their spouse suffered. Their relationship with their kids suffered. And the problem is those are the relationships that are supposed to come first after your relationship with God. And when you do that, it's very, very difficult to make up the time later like we often hear. I'll just make it up to them on vacation. I'll just make it up to them with some time away. I'll make it up to them. Yeah, we all have busy seasons. That happens to everybody. That's fair. There's going to be ebb and flow. There's going to be rhythm. The idea of a perfect balance every single day, all the time, that's another myth. But if you are consistently choosing work or choosing your ministry over your family, if that is a habit, that is an unhealthy rhythm, and it's one that's going to ultimately disqualify you from the thing that you are prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's so good. And, and that's that's a form and to me and, and even that we talk about unhealthy relationships, but that's a type of unhealthy leadership if that could be a you know, a term, you know. Yes, because absolutely. you know, you know, you're you're putting all of your family second and that's unhealthy because that a lot of times the children I've come across where children have resented the church because the church was put first. Right. You know, and they resent ministry uh, because that was put first. And so I think becoming a healthy leader, you know, understands the role and the position of how to put those things in the correct order. Yes. The fact is, we are models. We are modeling all the time what we are prioritizing. We're modeling it to those we lead and we're modeling it to our kids. Do we want them to follow our example? We want them to do what we do. You want the people that you lead on your team to lead like you do? You want them to prioritize their lives like you do? Unfortunately, in too many cases, I think the answer is no. Right. But as a leader, our job is to set the pace. We set wow. the model. That's so true. That's so true. So, Pastor, what is your favorite scripture that goes along with um, leadership development? And, you know, why is that your favorite scripture? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> I think it's Exodus 18. It's when Jethro, who is Moses' father-in-law, yes, meets up it. with him, right? <laughs> yeah. Moses is on his way to Mount Sinai. And Jethro shows up with his wife and kids, and, and they reunite. And it's a really touching family scene. There's mutual honor, mutual respect. It's, it's a wonderful time. And the next morning, Jethro gets up, and he sees what Moses is doing every day, all day, from sunup to sundown. He's judging disputes. He's making judgments. He's helping people resolve conflict, right? 
but he's doing it all himself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing really quite like unsolicited advice from your father-in-law. Right. But in this case, that's what Jethro gives, right? Uh-huh, <laughs> he uh-huh. says, hey, Moses, you know, you, you can't do that. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. What your, your pattern, what you're leading in right now, this is not going to sustain you. In fact, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to all these people? And Moses exhibits what I call a teachable spirit. And this is the very first chapter in my book is about the the importance of a teachable spirit in the life of a catalytic leader. Because the teachable spirit is the one non negotiable for leadership. If you have that, and that means you Mm -hmm. can learn from anybody and you want to learn. I want to learn from as many people as I can, as much as I can, as often as I can. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see Moses. He could have completely pushed off Jethro and said, yeah, thanks, Uh, didn't ask, don't care. That's not what we see. We see him listening, receiving, and adopting what Jethro is sharing with him. And guess what? Moses becomes the Moses that we know. Mm -hmm. Without Jethro, without without Moses' teachable spirit receiving what Jethro shared, I wonder if Moses would have been the guy that we look up to, the guy that we know. Or if he would have burned out like so many leaders I know because they're trying to do it all themselves, because they're not listening to the advice and counsel of those around them. I think we all need a Jethro. We all need someone in our lives who's going to speak truth to us, who's going to come alongside of us, who's going to share with us what we can't see. It is really difficult to see the whole picture when you're in the frame. That's where an outside (laughs) perspective helps. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. I do for leaders. I help them see what they can't see by asking questions they might not have ever been asked. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And, you know, me as being a leader and a pastor of a, of a church, I've, I've gone through the experience of, in the beginning stages when I first started out in ministry. And I was the one one man show person for everything. I was handling this and handling that and trying to do this and trying to do that. And eventually got burnt out, like you said, because you're trying to make sure you have everything done right. And now by the grace of God, we have people put in positions to be able to help and do what needs to be done because you will get burnt out trying to do everything on your own. And I think that's where a lot of leaders are, not just pastors, but even those that are in um, positions in ministry, uh, positions on their jobs, where um, we're just carrying on so much uh, that we don't understand how, or we we don't um, give others a chance to be able to help build in our leadership. So that I think that's very important. So so we're talking about an intentional leader, Pastor. What does it mean to be an intentional leader? It means to choose. You know, there's this there's this idea. I'm afraid that sometimes people think they're just going to get better with experience. The fact of the matter is experience doesn't make you any better. Evaluated experience makes you better. There are people who've been doing something for 30 years, but they don't have 30 years worth of experience. What they have is 30 repetitions of that first year. They never evaluated, they never learned anything, they never got better. They're doing the exact same things they were doing in year one. Evaluated experience is what makes you better. That's part of intentional leadership. It's choosing to get better. It's choosing to say, hey, how can I grow? How am I going to choose to learn and grow? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the only place, it's the only place. Ch- change, growth only happens on the other side of change, mm-hmm. right? And the only mm-hmm. way I'm gonna know what to change is to learn. 
I have the incredible opportunity, you have the incredible opportunity to learn from so many people through their writing, through their podcasts, through their speaking, YouTube videos galore. We have an op- we have opportunities that no generation before has ever had to right. learn from leaders who are farther down the road than we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are we being intentional about availing ourselves of those opportunities? Are we being intentional about our own growth? Are we intentional about the environments we put ourselves in? Because here's the thing, the environment you're in matters. The people you're around matters to your growth. If you're around people who are constantly finding fault, who are constantly finding something wrong with everything, just glass half empty people all the time, guess what? Over time, you're going to begin to think that way too. You're going to begin to think negatively. But if you're around people who are seeing the glasses half full or say, you know, it's just not full yet, but wait, there's more. And they constantly see what could be. Guess what your mindset's going to start to shift to? It's going to start to shift that direction. That's part of being intentional. It's the people that we surround ourselves with. It's the environments we enter into, the the teaching, the workshops, the seminars, the conferences, the podcasts, the books, all these things that we ingest into our lives. If we're intentional about choosing what we're going to put in, I think that's going to help us be intentional about what comes out. And that's the mm-hmm. growth that we're after. Yes, yes. And Pastor, I, uh, you know, with you doing the catalytic leadership and doing coaching and all of these things, I know you have come across clients that you have been able to bring um, to that point of being an intentional leader, because a lot of times we lead without direction and we can't lead without direction. You, Like you said, we have to have that focus and that intention and know where we're going and also to make sure that, like you said earlier, that we're surrounding ourselves uh, with where we desire to go. And if we can get past that, and talking to the listeners today, if we can get past that, especially the part that you said as far as our environment, um, because it matters with our growth. Um, environment, when you said that it could kill your growth, it could kill your anointing, or it could enhance it. But it just it's, it's just determined by who we surround ourselves with, what we feed our spirit, what we're putting in our mind and our soul and our spirit and our heart in order to go forward the way God has required us to go forward. And sometimes that can be a challenge uh, for a lot of people. And why sometimes do you think that may be a challenge um, for people, Pastor, to be able to get out of that environment in order to grow to the point where they need to grow and be an intentional leader. So many of the leaders that I coach face some version of imposter syndrome. This idea that, you know, well, I don't know if I can actually do this thing that I want to do or I feel called to do. I don't know if I can actually get there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's really somebody else. Maybe that's not really my calling. And, the, and they begin to doubt. And that mm-hmm. doubt and that fear creates a limiting belief in your mind and in your life. And mm-hmm. that's going to hold you back mm-hmm. right, from what God calls you to. We see this in the life. Talk about Moses again. We see this in Moses. Moses thought he was done. He had tried and failed to rescue the people of Israel when he was 40. 40 years go by. He's been <laughs> in the backside of nowhere tending sheep. And God shows up and says, hey, it's Tom. I'm choosing you. Mm-hmm. Moses is like, yeah, not me. <laughs> no, no, not me. No, no, I'm, I'm done. Why? Because he had limiting beliefs. He mm-hmm. thought he was finished. He thought he was done. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the problem with so many leaders. Mm-hmm. And so what I help leaders do is get past those limiting beliefs because that's what holds you back from what 
is actually possible for you. That's what holds you back from the results that you have dreamed of, that God put in your heart for what is ahead of you. Your limiting beliefs will sabotage you every single day if you let them. Mm -hmm. And it is incredibly difficult to get past them on your own because again, you can't see the whole picture when you're in it. That's so true. And you know, I was thinking, even as you was talking, I have a book out, Biblical Prayer Affirmations for the Supernatural, but it's basically quoting and professing the word of God over yourself according to that particular situation. And a lot of times, like you said, those limiting beliefs, every morning we wake up, there's a limiting belief that is uh, presented to us. But we have to choose to do what the scripture tells us to do, and that's to cast down every thought and every imagination and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Um, but it becomes an active role that you have to play in order to begin to continually um, cast those thoughts down because they, are there, they continue to come up, but you have to cast those things down and actually know who we are in Christ and know what God says about us, um, even with those um, limiting beliefs, because those limiting beliefs, I believe it's a, you know, the enemy coming in and telling you not this. And sometimes it's not the enemy, it's just ourselves, you know, for the things that we've gone through listeners. And we have to get to the point where we have to choose what Christ says about us. What does God say about us, regardless of what it looks like? Because if we can get to what he sees, um, and like Pastor was talking earlier, getting with those in an environment uh, that will believe with you, it will go miles in our journey in growing as an intentional leader. So true. So true. Well, what mm -hmm. does Paul say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? That's right. a daily process. That's mm -hmm. a daily process. Just like you said, you wake up every day and you're facing those limiting beliefs. Well, guess what? There's a solution. Be transformed mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. renewing of your mind. Make it yes. new. You know what? Yes. I'm not what I was. I'm not where I've been. I'm not what happened to me. It's new. It's a new day. It's a new path forward. Yes, yes. Well, after the break, Pastor, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, personally in our personal lives and get in our personal lives a little bit and how it impacts our career and work. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk about that a little bit more. Great. Did you know that prayer affirmations could change your life? Speaking God's word over your life is a tested and proven method to manifest God's will for you. Dr. Tiffany Watkins has created a prayer affirmation book for women and men that combines prayer, meditation, and affirmations to help you achieve your goals and draw you closer to God. In this eye-opening book, you will be able to pray healing affirmations prayers, angelic visitation prayers, wealth affirmation prayers, wisdom affirmation prayers, and so much more. Biblical Prayer Affirmations for the Supernatural is a short but powerful read. It will allow you to set the right atmosphere for supernatural breakthroughs to occur. So get ready to pave the way for God's intervention by declaring these prayers over your life. Don't wait. Get your copy on Amazon today. Hello, everyone, and we are back. We are here with Pastor William Attaway. 
uh, and we are talking about being an intentional leader. And it is so important that we understand those that we surround ourselves with and who we surround ourselves with, because in our environment, it can either hinder us or it can continue to push us forward in our leadership potential. And so it's important that we surround ourselves with the word of God, surround ourselves with those that have the same belief that is going up higher in God. And so with that being said, uh, Pastor, we want to talk a little bit, and I mentioned this before the break, that we're going to talk about uh, our personal life. So does our personal life really impact our career and our work? Absolutely. I love at Thanksgiving when you have those plates that have the little wall dividers in them between the food. Right, so your food doesn't touch each other. I love mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. I don't like my food to touch. I'm one of those people. <laughs> right? I know it all gets together down your side and all that. But up here in my mouth, I want to taste each piece in each piece. Right? Yes, yes. We think our lives are like that. We think our lives have these little walls, these dividers between the different sections of our lives. And that what happens over here doesn't affect what happens over here and what happens over here. And that's an idea that we inherited, I think, from the ancient Greeks. And the problem is it's all wrong. God created us as integrated beings where every part touches and affects every other part. And you can't wall off one part and say, well, this is separate over, no, it doesn't work like that. You don't work like that. That's not how we're designed. You know, that was uh, just to put a light bulb off in my head. You said, you know, God has created us as integrated beings. Can you expand on that just a little bit more? Yeah, every part touches every other part, and that's by design. What happens at home, what happens with my relationship with my wife or my daughters, will affect what happens at church, will affect what happens when I'm coaching other leaders. It absolutely has to, and vice versa. Everything blends, everything touches, everything affects everything else. And the sooner we acknowledge that and understand that, the sooner we're gonna begin to understand that in order to be healthy as a leader, to lead in a healthy way. We've got to get into a healthy spot across the board. We can't say, well, I'm going to focus on work and my relationships, I'll deal with them later. Boy, see, that's not going to work. It's going to eventually touch everything. You can't do that. Vice versa, true. Well, I don't care about work. I'm just going to focus on my home life. Okay, well, that's going to create different problems for you. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) You have to understand that a healthy leader is one that understands that all the parts touch all the other parts. We are integrated beings. Everything affects everything else. Yes, and being a healthy, you know, um, a healthy being means that um, you have to be a leader that is uh, for personal growth. So how important is it um, that a person has a personal leadership growth plan? I think without a plan, as has been often said, you are planning to fail. Uh, You have to have a plan. Nobody wakes up one day and says, oh, wow, I'm a fully mature leader. How did that happen? I didn't mean for that to happen, but here I am. It doesn't work like that. You have to have a plan. And so Mm -hmm. what I do is I help leaders develop a plan that's for them, that's designed around them, their goals, their dreams, what they want to accomplish. And Mm -hmm. once we develop that plan for them, they can then execute it because, hey, it was their idea. Right, and they bought in to each part of that plan. It's not my plan, it's their plan. Mm -hmm. Because we designed it for them. 
which is great because it's it catered to the individual. It's not a one box shop, you know, yeah. it's individually for the particular person and what their needs are. Well, we're all designed differently. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is one of the chapters in the book as well, this idea that you have to discover your wiring. You know, God's designed you and wired you very specifically on purpose, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You have to understand mm -hmm. your wiring though to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take an introvert and you try to treat them like an extrovert, and you try to say, no, you have to do these things in this box and only live in this, you know, good luck. That's not their <laughs> wiring and vice versa. If you take an extrovert and say, you have to spend inordinate amounts of time alone, not around other people, <laughs> you're, going, you're going to kill their spirit. You're going to quench it, right? You can't do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Our understanding our wiring is the first step to developing our plan. But not only as a leader do you need to understand your own wiring, you need to understand the wiring of those you lead, your direct reports. You need to understand their wiring so you can best encourage and equip them to lead to their maximum capacity. Right, right. Well, you know, in your book, Catalytic Leadership, you glean from your per your own personal leadership experience as well as the experience of hundreds of leaders um, that you've coached. And you also shared 12 key principles that can help leaders grow and even add value to those that lead today, you know, no matter where they are. So can you just share with uh, the listeners so they can just get a preview about one key principle for listeners today that you think um, they should keep in mind first? Sure. We've talked about several of them already in our conversation. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the cultivation of, a, of an intentional growth mindset. Right? This mm -hmm. idea of a teachable spirit. We've talked about being family focused as a leader. We've talked about discovering your wiring. I think another one is to actively pursue intentional growth. And that's to say, you know, I'm not going to be passive. I'm not going to be a victim of my circumstances. I'm not going to let what's around me drive what happens in me. You know who's responsible for your leadership growth, Tiffany? You are. Me. Yes. You know, who's, you know who's responsible for mine? I am. Mm -hmm. And that's true for every person listening to this podcast. You are responsible for your own leadership growth, nobody else. And once you own that, once you say, okay, you know what? I'm in charge of this. I decide what I listen to and what I read and how much time I'm going to invest in myself and my future and what God has planted in my heart. Once you begin to take ownership of that and you get intentional about it and you actively begin to pursue that, well, my experience has been in coaching leaders for decades now, my experience has been, that's when the magic happens. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, William, there's a lot of uh, listeners on here today that I believe um, are leaders. And I know it can be challenging for leaders, especially during this time with all of the things that are going on with COVID, the war that's going on, and, you know, just families and the inflation and all of these types of things that are going on right now. Um, would you pray for the um, new leaders and current leaders that are serving across the world? I absolutely will. Heavenly Father, I lift up these leaders to you. Yes, you have Lord. called these leaders on purpose for a purpose. You have given the gift of leadership. And Romans 12 teaches that if you've been given the gift of leadership, then your responsibility is to lead with all diligence. In my mind, that means we're intentional about it. Yes. That means we choose to actively pursue growth. It means we don't sacrifice our families on the altar of ministry. 
Mm. So Father, my prayer for these leaders today is that they would take what we've talked about today and they would use this, use this as more tools in their bag to do what you've put in their hearts and minds to do. Equip them, encourage them, empower them for all that you have in mind for them. And we will give you the glory and the yes. honor and the praise for every bit of it. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And listeners, uh, I want you to just be able to go back and listen to this again. You can go back and replay it. One other thing that I want to add is, you know, being an intentional leader um, and having that personal leadership growth plan um, that William was talking about. You also need to make sure that you're doing self-care. You have to make sure um, because you can't be a great leader if you're not taking care of your own physical health and your mental health and your spiritual health. And so make sure that you do that as well. But thank you for being with us today, uh, Pastor William. And if the listeners desire to purchase a copy of your book, uh, could you tell them how they could contact you and even about your leadership coaching that you offer? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, William Attaway. Uh, you can go to my website at catalyticleadership.net. And for the listeners of your podcast, I would love to offer a free copy of the book. Uh, if they go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, uh, all they have to do is provide the shipping, the shipping charges and their address. And I'll mail a free copy of the book out to them. My goal is to get this information into as many hands as possible. I believe God never wastes an experience and everything he puts in our hands, he expects us to use not just for us, but for the benefit of those around us. So I'd love to make that offer to everybody listening to your podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So listeners, you, you don't have an excuse. Go ahead and get that book. You just have to pay for the shipping and handling. And when you pay for that, this will help you and catapult you into being that intentional leader that you desire to be and that God desires for us to be. And so if you could give us that to us one more time, that address again. Absolutely. It's catalyticleadershipbook.com. Awesome. 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 Thank you again, Pastor William, for being on today. I am so glad you were able to be a part of this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right, listeners. Well, you have a wonderfully blessed week and we'll be back with another episode again on Tasty Tidbits. Tasty Tidbits and you have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed. Bye-bye.